The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. That's Noble Gold Investments. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Everybody and welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11 Recap here on Reality TV for Hap Ups. My name is Mike Bloom, bringing you the most agricultural take on RuPaul's Drag Race. This episode, we are going farm to runway, bringing along plenty of drama alongside it. Let me bring in our panel for this week's Recap. First, uh, you can also call her Gumby's sister, and she's on her way to the bus stop. Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually excited to talk about Untucked for the first time this season. So very much here for that. Yeah, I had a feeling that Amber Valletta was like waiting in the wings to make an appearance. They're like, no, we're good. We're going to we're going to we're going to take a rain check on that because there's too much good shit going on. But of course, we would also at American University. We don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality with a graduate degree from A.U., You'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Not be able to talk about this episode without the man who personifies the extra side of extraness. Brent Wolgamop, Brent, how are you? I am doing great, and I'm also excited to talk about Untucked. I was I was messaging both of you in our little group chat. I was like, yo, this is good TV. This is good TV, bitch. This is good TV, because this is the first time all season, in my opinion, that we have really got some good shit from Untucked. So we got a lot to get through, but the episode, I think, interestingly provides a lot. This really feels like one of those uh, episode untucked pairings where one directly segues into the other because oh, yeah. there's a lot of drama brought up in response to stuff that goes on in this episode. I mean, we were talking about it last week. This cast, particularly a few select people, are definitely not afraid to fight. And while, you know, there might be some quibbles here and there with the way certain people behave, I have been so thoroughly entertained by this season so far. I can't believe it's already halfway over. Oh my gosh, I know. The vixen is uh, quaking. She's like, wait, I thought I came here to fight, uh, unlike a lot of the, or a handful of these queens in Untucked. Yeah, this season has been really fun. Um, and I, it's, I, I'm loving getting to know the queens, and I feel like we're also now getting to, uh, to a point where, uh, you know, the frontrunners are sort of starting to emerge, and we can start to see how the season is shaping out, and I'm liking the way it looks. All right, well, let's get into this episode. So, 
we start things off. This is going to be a very interesting episode for Raja O'Hara. Suffice it to say, it is going to be her boot episode, and she gets a really interesting edit over the course of this next, I'll say, two hours combined. Now, here's what I will say at the top of this overall, is that we'll get into a lot of what Raja did. I will say most of the things that she did, I could at least understand from an emotional perspective where the intention of those actions were coming from. I do not excuse them whatsoever, but I could at least understand why she did what she did. But I'll say I'm still confused about why she did what she did here with going to the mirror, seeing Scarlet's message and basically saying, uh, I'd like to opt out of erasing it because I refuse to basically acknowledge Scarlet as a person after what she did to me last week. Brent, give me your thoughts about this. She's such a bitch. And I knew from the moment that we saw this, the, from the moment that we saw this, because they could have skipped over this if they wanted to. They've skipped over other people's mirror messages in the past. That they showed this, I knew she was going home. I mean, they were, that, that little uh, sound effect I did at the beginning was the, the producers driving the bus over Raja O'Hara. I mean, girl, they let her have it this episode. And, and let me be clear, Raja did and said all of the things in the confessionals and in front of the girls that she said, but they asked the questions. They were like, so what do you think about this? And what do you think about her? And what do you got to say about this? And what about this look that she's got up, that she's got on? And what about the fact that like, do you think her her story lines up with her family? Like everything that happened was the producers asking Raja, well, what do you think about this? But Raja buried herself. And it started with this mirror message at the beginning. She was just so put out. That Scarlett didn't say herself. She's, I, I, what is she? I'm just like, Liana, what the hell? Like, what is she? She wants Scarlett to say herself because she's like, well, you obviously knew you were the wink link. So why didn't you say yourself? As if Raja ever would have said herself if she knew that she was the weak link. No. Yeah, I really didn't get that at all. I mean, a lot of the things that, uh, that Raja was saying were very contradictory. It, it was just, uh, it was, I mean, it was funny and there was a lot of shady editing. I was just face palming though the entire time being like, girl, what? I did love though when Vanjie was like, Scarlet, turn off the TV now. <laughs> that made me laugh. A little bit too late. If they had said Scarlet, yeah. rewind the DVR and just forget about the past two minutes. Cause yeah, speaking of contradictory things, it's one thing to say, I don't want to acknowledge this because I felt offended that Scarlett ended up picking me as the weak link of the team instead of herself. It's another thing to sort of go on about how, oh, you know, she's too into herself. You know, I, I she's relying too much on being pretty. I did like that she eventually erased it, though. I feel like that was definitely a producer being like, Raja, you have to erase the mirror message like this. This we're sort of poking you with a stick here. But it was still Looking at her arc over the course of this episode, to your point, Brent, between that and her shading the other, you know, between Plastique, Suga, and Nina, I will say, I'll still say to my grave that I think Roger O'Hara delivers fantastic confessionals, but I would say, are they necessarily grounded in realistic circumstances? <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very much like she's pointing a finger at other people, and when she does that, four are pointing back at her. Yeah, because at the beginning she's saying, well, you know, Scarlett, you know, you have to humble yourself and you have to grow from it. And I'm looking, I'm looking at her at home going, what the fuck? Like, th th you're talking about yourself. Like, you're talking about yourself, bitch. And then she's going on back to, like, Plastique, Tiara, Nina, Sugar. What have you done? I'm like, bitch, what have you done? As far as I can recall, you have never even so much as been in the top of RuPaul's Drag Race. And yet Nina has a win. And Plastique has consistently been in the top. And this episode is going to get a win. And Sugar has lip synced less times than you. So shut up and sit down. Take several seats. 
Oh, I was through with her. <laughs> but like, at least she was entertaining for yeah. the time that she was on. Like, I will give her that. You know, at least she wasn't filler from the sense of both drag and personality. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree about that. And look, there almost is more fun in the fact that she really was a cartoon character oh, in this yeah. episode. Urkel. And, and make yeah. of that what you will if it's just like you are completely over the top or you're completely over the top. Either way you take it. I think we can all sort of agree on that, that she is just a completely ridiculous person. And depending on whether or not you enjoy those extra, again, the extra side of extraness that is Raja O'Hara is going to impact how you enjoy her overall as a television character. Yeah, I guess. As somebody for me to rant about when I'm doing a podcast, <laughs> there you go. Way to look at the bright side. <laughs> right, let's move forward to the next day here as we take place in a uh, this ain't no Brady Bunch potato sack race. This is a big old jiggling jug fest. Liana, do you have any thoughts at all? Any input about what we saw in this mini challenge? Oh my gosh, I loved this so much. Like, so incredibly much. It felt very much like a return to sort of the really stupid, goofy yeah. mini challenges. Like, just utterly, ridic utterly ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just so nice to see that on my television screen again. I was so here for this. I rewatched this a couple times just because it was so stupid and lovely. Yeah, like Mike, the, the editing was the best part where they slowed it down to like chariots of uh, chariots of fire mm -hmm. uh speed and there's rupaul going that's yeah! <laughs> so great and then and then <laughs> when her titty comes out she's like "Ooh, her cup runneth over <laughs> oh my god there's so much stupid stuff going on and of course that made me love it so much between silk silky immediately ripping her shirt open uh, between the fact that I will say uh, I know that these are completely like cockamamie reasons for giving Nina West and Sugar Cane the win, but I feel like if you're talking about like quote unquote realistic boobs bouncing up and down, Nina might have had that on fleek while everyone else like was knocking two oranges up and down. I also felt bad for poor Evie because of her ankle, like she could not get the full mobility and silliness of it all. She basically had to stand still, and you could see her like manually moving her boobs up and down to try to play catch up with the other girls i think it was maybe it was vanji at one point where like they were moving and then all of a sudden they both just like tried to escape out of her shirt and then i think uh brooke had one like you couldn't really see it from the front but then you saw it from the side and one's like lopsided oh uh, it's so stupid. I yeah. love it. And Roger was swinging a baseball bat for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> I didn't get that either. she's manly. She's after stomping around. She's, she's the only person on the runway more manly than Nina West stomping around. Oh my! Oh my God! We'll we'll, we'll get into Nina's walk later on. Uh, yeah, she might need to re uh, re enroll in the Alyssa Edwards workshop <laughs> to, to get into that. So Nina and Sugar end up winning. It's just it's a fun little mini challenge. Again, as I said last week, I'm glad they brought this specific brand of mini challenges back, which are just stupid and let's cover ourselves and make ourselves look ridiculous and act as ridiculous as possible. But let's go from the uh, from the phony to the realistic and organic as this maxi challenge is another design challenge use all natural ingredients to make a farm to runway look before we get into the challenge i just want to say you know considering what they were given there's one thing i was very confused about and look you can quibble about like how are they going to use beans how are they going to use snap peas how the hell would drag queens use eggs on a dress 
that that is just like the limit of any craftiness anyone can possess in my opinion my opinion liana is that they really didn't expect them to use it they were just looking for a different color because there's only so many colors in organic materials and the only i mean the white is something that really pops on television so i think they just threw in some eggs just to make it look like, oh, look at all these different colors you can use. When in reality, you're probably stuck with like brown, yellow, green, red. <laughs> Eggshells, bitches. Yeah. Crack them up and then glue the little pieces to the lapel. Uh, oh, okay. Fabulous. Well, oh my God. Were they, were, <laughs> were they hard boiled or? or I was going to say, no, they, they, they you can make, make some omelets for the girls, for the judges would really appreciate that. You can butter them up in more ways than one. Sugar eating the food though that was a mood very much here for that as well very she's might be the most relatable queen at this point it was her or brooklyn and untucked she really is yeah oh my god yeah. yes so g- give me your thoughts i mean this is again our third design challenge was this too quick for you guys or what did you think about whether or not this competition set itself apart from the other challenges we've had this season in the same I mean, vein Brent, let's start with you it feels a little whiplashy like uh i don't remember other seasons having this many design challenges i mean i really don't i feel like they have two at most and before they had three through seven episodes now that's like one every other episode. Uh, that feels like a lot. It has the same frequency as Raj O'Hara lip syncing. Uh, oh, so those were like oh, the two constants shade. in RuPaul's Drag Race season 11. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Leona. I, I enjoy it. I, I thought it was interesting what some of the queens thought up. But on, on the other hand, it to me, it, it sh- except for Akira, everything shook out in, in a way that I very much predicted. Yeah, so I mean, I don't mind the design challenges. Um, I think that they're fun. I love seeing what the queens are able to come up with. Um, and I would probably take this over a really terribly written uh, acting challenge. Amen. But that being said, it is very samey, samey. Like we're, it, it did feel like whiplash. I love that comparison. Um, and it was weird because I felt like the show was also trying to make it not a design challenge by talking about personality so much. Like this is a per- like the dance thing. This is a personality challenge, and like somehow even with your runways, you're still having to give personality. So it almost felt like the show was acknowledging the fact that they've done so many design challenges, and they were like, "Oh no, no, no! This is actually about personality. See, it's not an- just another design challenge." Unless your name is Silky Nutmeg Ganache, because then RuPaul goes around to Silky and is like, "Well, you've been relying on that personality this entire time, so you need to do something else." So it's like choose your own adventure here in terms of what they want from you out of this challenge. By the way, something I forgot to tell you guys, um, you know, the, the mini challenge, I'll have to go back to that real quick, but I had written this down. I was like, oh my God, I have to talk about this. So there's a point in time where Silky says, the key to having big old juicy titties is they gotta have some weight on them. And I'm like, she's talking about titties or dick because that sounds like dick to me. <laughs> <laughs> the only well, way you can- I mean, considering how she was bouncing up and down, you'd have to assume that she was bouncing both body parts in that confessional when she was showing off her cornbread fed tits. There's a there's a She's line. She's got a recipe. There's a line from this episode. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. There's four black uh, comedians called the Queens of Comedy, and there's this queen named Samore where she's like, and hey, it's it's a little thin, but it ain't got no weight on it. And her voice drops down. And that's exactly what I thought of when Silky said it's got to have some weight on it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm all over the place. <laughs> this season really is reminding me of season three. In a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I feel like this challenge is an example of it. This totally feels like something they would come out of like the first four seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, where it's a very 
very simple concept, especially right after the ball challenge, which was create three looks and, you know, make all these complicated things. This was more so, hey, here's some stuff, you know, make it's very Project Runway, which I feel like was garnering a lot of comparisons to RuPaul's Drag Race and its initial uh, in its initial stages. And I feel like there might have been some compare. Like you have, you know, Shangela and Vanjie with the first boot from the previous season coming back. You have like Brooklyn Heights could be compared to someone like Raja, who's like just an ultra, you know, look queen who's able to serve it up every week. And then you have, you know, Manila Luzon is someone like Evie Oddly, who's able to just be- provide this really weird aesthetic that the judges are really attracted to. I don't know. W- once I saw the the ilk of this challenge, those comparisons just sort of opened up possibilities for me in terms of linking the two seasons yeah leona i've always thought four because like to me chad is brooke uh from from season four and evie is sharon and silky is uh Fifi. yeah yeah exactly although <laughs> but she's, to be she's fair, baby latrice brent that's what she calls herself yeah exactly well, she says she's baby baby latrice she's more fifi to me but on the other hand like raja also was a little bit fifi in this episode there are a lot there are a lot of fifis in this episode <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm trying to think. There, I think we had a total of four design challenges in season three mm-hmm. because there was the Christmas one in episode yes. one. Then there was the cake one, and then the money one the and the hair. hair oh, right? the hair one was so good! Oh my god, yeah. that was so good. But those are even later. Like, I feel we're already getting more design challenges <laughs> in this season, which is crazy. So, to your point, Liana, it is really interesting that. Maybe it's because we're halfway through the season that RuPaul takes this opportunity to check in with these queens. And it's one of the more pertinent walkthroughs I think we've seen this entire season. Before we get into that, I do want to speak on to a point that Akira made that I I think I would agree with a bit in terms of her feeling like the look queens, you know, uh, are expected to do more in these types of challenges than the quote unquote personality queens. Now, I won't say it's across the board where, you know, Silky's just getting by on her personality. I really do feel like the judges look at what your aesthetic and what your wheelhouse is and judge you based on that. So in these types of challenges, yes, you're going to look to your Akiria's, your Plastiques, and your Brooklyn's and say, okay, I expect you to give me more, and you might set the expectations a bit lower for somebody like Nina West, but those completely flip-flop when you get to next week, for example, and Snatch Game. So I do understand where Akiria is coming from. I think it's just always been tried and true to drag race that there's going to be a different rubric for each contestant for each challenge depending on what their set of skills are and what the judges perceive them as yeah also leona i think you would agree with me that uh even though i probably identified more with brooke during this episode as far as putting the cushions over you uh kiria is the one who i feel like is giving us the real tea in the confessionals i mean it, yeah she was probably talking out of her ass a little bit in terms of you know uh the personality queens get a pass and you know the look queens really have to try harder you know the ju- they're judged more harshly in this episode but i do feel like her confessionals speak for all of us like i mean Everything she says in her confessionals, I pretty much agree with. And I, 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 I still love her look with those little Jerry curls and that little hat. Girl, I love it. Yeah. So cute. I, I, I love Akira. I, I think she's really, like, I'm so happy she's in the season. I was even thinking about, like, okay, the season four comparison, who would she be? I have no idea. I just love her and I want her to stay around. Um, even though, yeah, I will say the outfit this week was a little rough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so to, to go back to the whole point about, like, the personality versus the look, I mean, I think it's something that, uh, 
Ross Matthews said when he was judging Brooklyn, which they talked about with Bendel Creme as well, essentially this idea of like setting the bar. When you set the bar high, you are expected to live up to that bar. So if you set the bar low, then you can continue to grow and improve over the season. And then it's, you know, I don't know. Um, but it definitely, they, they are judging you based on what they have seen previously. So it kind of makes sense. But it was very interesting because this episode was like, oh, can the personality queens bring looks and can the look queens bring personality? That's what I felt this episode was all about. And on that note, let's start with the latter as Rue goes to Brooklyn Heights and basically says, Brooklyn, I thought you'd have a personality and you don't. Which I personally Rude. disagree with, uh, but I mean, look, I guess you gotta, you gotta take the notes and do your quote unquote character, which we'll get to later with the, uh, the workshop via Alyssa Edwards. But yeah, to your point, Leon, it really does feel like we've put a big line down the middle of the, the personality queens versus the look queens and Evie oddly sort of, you know, straddling both sides of the line. And he essentially wants everyone to sort of look at, look across the way and figure out what the other queens are doing and sort of glean, glom from that to make yourself, you know, a versatile queen. Uh, also, by the way, the whole like this whole thing about personality, it's like, OK, she has a personality. It's just not the personality you want. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I got really frustrated a little bit watching this episode because it just felt like just because she is not doing what you want doesn't mean that she's not connecting to other people like everybody's different and we're all going to have different personalities and some are more subdued than others. So, I don't know. I will say that I thought it was really bad for Brooklyn that RuPaul said that because to like to, if RuPaul doesn't think you have a personality, you can't win. I'm sorry, I don't think you can win. And the fact that Ru is really trying to see Brooke's personality to me puts Nina in the catbird or Nina, uh, Evie in the catbird seat as far as somebody who is favored to win this season. But uh because I really thought that Brooklyn was coming up, but I, you know that was some real tea right there. Uh, and not the tea that, that she was looking for. So I don't, I don't know what she can do. I mean, she calls it herself. She's an introverted extrovert. It's just trying to, it's like when they talk about your reality TV auditions. You're, you have to be yourself, but you have to be like yourself at a hundred percent. Like, and I think that maybe is the part that Brooke is getting lost, that she is herself on the runway and in the confessionals, but it is, she, she needs to be a bigger version of herself, still being true to herself, but bigger than what she's giving right now. That's what Rue's looking for. Yeah, though I do agree with Liana that, like, I'm fine with Brooklyn. I like having disparate types of personalities. I don't need 15 silky nutmeg ganaches screaming in my face for an hour and a half every week. And we had this discussion last season with Cameron Michaels as well, that I think Cameron represented a very different type of drag queen from a personality perspective than what we've had previously. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think this, these walkthroughs, Rue's producer hat was firmly placed on his head. And you can tell every second of that. Sometimes, as we're going to be talking about very soon, it worked to great effect. Sometimes here you can see a bit of the wheels turning in his head of wanting to create a narrative. That being said, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. I, I guess it seems like Brooke did redeem herself. She's quote-unquote taking lessons to show her personality more. I mean... I would say that I think her in Untucked is probably one of the highlights of the week in general. And if that's sort of her personality, quote unquote, I'm here for it. 
Not just that, but also on the runway. Like, she has a few zingers on the runway. Like, I feel like that's her time to shine. Because she's not normally extroverted when she's talking with the other queens or when she's in the confessionals. And, you know, Rue is a producer, so she knows. Like, she's talking to the producers. Like, how does she sound in the confessionals? Um, the, but the, the thing is, when she's on stage, I feel like she does acquit herself quite well. She's very comfortable talking to the judges. She's not nervous. She can throw it back to the judges. She can give them some ass. Like, everything that she does on the runway, I feel like, is calculated and needed for her in order to win. But so, then, like, but then how is she not showing personality, I guess? I don't know. Like, Rue just uh, wants more. I, I she, you know, I, 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 look, I identify more with Rue than you guys. I do feel like that she's a little boring, and I'm sorry. I also feel like that the, 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 the race this season is always a reflection of the race from last season. And last season we had, oh, sorry, love you, Aquaria, but a little bit of a dry queen. She's not known for her personality. She's a look queen. So Rue's like, you know, the pendulum is always swinging on RuPaul's Drag Race. Even before that, we have, um, uh, oh God, Sasha Valor, uh, who, you know, uh, <laughs> I think they said in this episode, she won RuPaul's Drag Race and never won a challenge the entire way. Uh, I'm like, well, that's not really true. She won two with Shay, but yeah, kind of, I see where you're coming from. But even she, to me, doesn't have like a massive personality. You have to go back to like, I don't know, season eight for Bob to have somebody who is a real personality queen. So I feel like the pendulum is swinging back towards personality, which again is why I would have Silky and Evie as the front runners for this competition. Let's talk about the other big, you know, look queens come to Jesus moment here. Sorry, Silky. Uh, and that is Plastique, who Rue sort of mentioned last week and we spoke about how it really felt like Rue wanted to see Plastique's vulnerabilities and we got to see it where plastic and you could tell it was something that plastic didn't really want to discuss, but she's able to get out there. The fact that one of the reasons why she's very withholding with her opinions and sort of maintaining this facade the entire time is just due to her upbringing. The fact that her family didn't really approve of her lifestyle. And so she basically learned, Hey, if everything I'm going to do is going to earn disapproval, I might as well just stay quiet and conservative. And that way I'm not causing any harm. This is obviously going to draw a number of reactions, both good and bad. But in terms of your own reactions, Liana, what did you make of this scene between Plastique and RuPaul, a.k.a. Plastique's new mommy? Oh, my God. The hugging. That's the only thing that I can think of. Rue actually hugged one of the queens. I always picture Rue as a very, like, Howie Mandel, <laughs> like, agoraphobe, not going to touch anybody, like, type deal. <laughs> so that was the thing that really stood out to me. Yeah, that's what stood out to me, too. I think uh, Brian Scally on Twitter has a great tweet where he's like, what RuPaul yes. was doing, and it's, you know, a Rue uh, hugging plastique, and what RuPaul was thinking, it's Rue hugging a bunch of Emmys. So uh, <laughs> I, also, I also think, and there's somebody else on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but I remember I favorited it. That uh, she's like, uh, Plastique's gonna love that hug from RuPaul until she gets the invoice for the for, <laughs> for the price of the hug. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was. I'll admit, it definitely did seem again like that producer RuPaul thing. Like, ooh, this is gonna be a great TV moment. It did seem therapeutic for Plastique, and I mean, this was a very, very big episode for Plastique. Some might argue might put her, you know, in a, not a, necessarily maybe a, the front runner status, but definitely a little more up there than she was previously. I mean, this one really hit me particularly, maybe it's because I'm sort of in this weird situation where I am about to bring a child into the world. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it just infuriates me and saddens me that there are people out there who have parents and loved ones who can't and don't approve of just who they are. 
as people. My heart goes out to Plastique because that must have been horrible circumstances for her to grow up under. The fact that the people that she loves and relies most in the world do not approve of what she stands for and who she is as a person, I absolutely cannot imagine it. And Nina very much sympathizes with it. She definitely is the angel on the you know the viewer's shoulder talking about how I mean this is really showcasing her personality in maybe a different way than someone like Silky or Vanji. On the other side, we have Raja O'Hara interjecting <laughs> her own opinion. Brent, what did, what did you think about the way Raja <laughs> reacted? I mean, it's just so laughable. Like, how does she has to know how this is going to play with America? Like, maybe she doesn't care, but I think she does. So, like, why are you going to give this in the confessionals? It's just, I don't know. Like, maybe Raja was really, I think, I think Brooklyn had it right, where she was like, Raja's really feeling the pressure. She's really feeling like the vultures are circling. She's lip synced three times now. She can't fall into the bottom again, or she's probably going to get sent home. Uh, I feel like that that's where this is coming from. By the way, uh, you know, as someone who had, has parents, had parents, it has, has, I don't know what, what you want to say. They're still alive, obviously, my parents, but they are different now than they were. My parents were very much like, uh, plastiques. They were, they, look, they're, it's all about ignorance. It really is. It's all about ignorance. My parents, they, basically rejected the fact that I was gay and then sent me to a Christian counselor to fix me for a good six months until they realized that wasn't going to take. And <laughs> I told them that they were wasting their money. Uh, and, you know, eventually, and I, I, I've said this to people before, I really do think that a part of it is, even though I've lived kind of a fucked up life and had a very interesting life, I do feel like the fact that I've picked really grounded, solid, down-to-earth boyfriends uh, has helped the, my parents deal with the fact that I'm gay and that I'm dating and that I actually have a love life. But I, I, I identify with what's happening with Plastique. Um, and I, I think that it was all very real. I don't know. Uh, we can talk about Untucked later. But I, I feel like Raja was being really unfair, Liana, uh, to Plastique in this moment. And again, even if you think that she's hamming it up for RuPaul, and, and, and I look, there's the logical part of my brain that's sort of like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Raja, it's just something you don't say out loud. Like for her to say out loud, well, so she's having problems at home. Why does that mean that she's been giving us the same look every time? I see why. I see what you're saying. I think that's. I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. I'm sorry. I do think it. Uh, that's the one time in the entire episode I'll side with Raja, where I do think that that's <laughs> fair. Like, how is that impacting your drag right now? But I think there's something. There's things that you can't account for, like overall uh, impact on your well-being and your personality that that if you're that if stifled then doesn't shine through in other areas Leon. Hmm. yeah i uh and you can disagree you know, with me if, think, you, if you want like if you think that that was total bullshit that's fine like i and i know no, you I, I, I mean no i i so okay so i think that raja was is definitely acting out like i do want to co-sign that thought yeah. just because you know it's clear like she is struggling and i think that her shade has turned from shade into just kind of me, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's not a good look. Um, but I think then in terms of plastique, I mean, 
Like, I can't imagine going through something like that. And yeah, to your point, Brent, about that, uh, that uh, it impacts you in so many different ways and deep seated ways that you may not recognize. Um, And so to be like really pressed and pushed to kind of tap into that, of course, you're going to have a lot of emotions. Um, I did get a little bit of the uh, saboteur challenge, though, from season 10. That was like, uh, you know, tap into your like inner demons, a little bit of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, my heart just goes out to plastic. And and I really appreciated what Nina said as well. All right. Well, let's get into we still have more drama from this walkthrough because Rue was not satisfied, evidently, even though we got, you know, Raja still being mad at Scarlett to this day. I don't think Rue got the drama from who should go home that he wanted initially. So he makes another round around the work and asks some more people. Who do you think should go home right now? And while a couple of people are able to sort of shrug it off, you know, uh, Brooke says, okay, Raja, because, you know, she's done the worst so far. And then we have Akira saying, oh, Brooklyn, because she's my biggest competition. The forefront of th- this questioning comes between the triangle of Evie Oddly, Silky Nutmeganosh, and Vanjie that is going to move on forward into Untuck like a big old freight train. Liana, give me your thoughts about, I guess, the beginnings we get here uh, between Vanji and Silky Bolt saying that they feel Evie should go home for very different reasons. Okay, so I really didn't get the thing with uh, Evie and um, uh, Vanji because I, I thought Vanji was joking, right? And she was like, yeah, well, I'd say, you know, I send her out because, or I'd send her home because she called me out, but she was right, you know? And then when Evie and Untucked, when Evie and, and um, Vanji like started yelling at each other, I really didn't understand why Evie was so upset. So that was like a whole nother issue in and of itself. And then the Selkie Evie thing, I mean, that has clearly been just bubbling this entire season and it's slowly getting hotter and then this is when everything just boiled over like I just think that those are two people who do not get along and this was the tipping point yeah yeah I had it wrong at the beginning of the season I said it was going to be Ariel Versace and Slicking Up Meganash I had half of it right Mike uh, <laughs> that we were going to get a Sharon Fifi levels of I hate you oh my god I hate you during RuPaul's Drag Race season 11, it's Silky Nutmeganosh and Evie Oddly. These two mm-hmm. bitches do not like each other. And, and Silky, let's be clear, is totally threatened by Evie. And I don't think that Evie is threatened by Silky. I really don't. But I think she's annoyed with her. And I think that she sees that what we all see, which is that uh, Silky is also relying on the personality, much like Rue said. And I think, oh, Silky did not like that. When Rue said, you're relying on that personality, that's when Silky was like, ooh, they're on to me. They're on to me. <laughs> so when Rue asked that question, uh, I actually, look, I'm going to be real. Like, and I identify with Evie. By the way, I, I also realized this episode, what's going on with me, because I, I, I listened to a, um, podcast with kevin robert martin from uh big brother canada with taryn martin uh, taryn martin taryn armstrong the other day oh my god and- congratulations to taryn and kevin i didn't realize oh that's so, so <laughs> sweet oh, oh you didn't listen to, you didn't know that they did a podcast together or what no no, oh. no i was i was making a joke about them getting married and sharing the last name Aww. i'm sorry okay well that's what i joked about going into it but anyway so during this interview taryn was talking with kevin and kevin was like i'm really identified with you know blank contestant and he's like you know i think that we always identify with the people that we represent he really identifies with mark because he identifies with mark he feels like if he was on the season he would be in mark's position and i 
watching this entire episode, I have realized that I identify with Evie oddly. And the reason that I don't, like, I'm not as annoyed with Evie as I think many other people are is because I am Evie. Like, I am that mm. person who always says something, even if I, even if the timing isn't right. I'm always the person who's reading somebody or giving them the real tea or being real about something because I decided it's my time to be real about something and I don't really care if it's the right time or not. Like, I, I get where she's coming from. So during this entire episode, I'm watching her and I'm like, I hear you. There was a moment in time where I was talking with Taryn about two, three weeks ago about something that he had done. And out of nowhere, I just said, oh, I thought that was shit. Like, I think like, that's terrible. Like, I really hated that podcast. He's like, oh, OK. He's like, I get it. He's like, and I can see where you're coming from. And I'm like, oh, I hope I, I hope I didn't like offend you when I said that. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, Brent, I, I, like, I totally appreciate the fact that you're you're always honest. And even if I'm not looking for an honest opinion, you're always willing to give me one. He's like, you don't blow smoke up my ass like other people. So I get where Evie is coming from. I am the Evie oddly of the season. That's why I identify with her. But in this particular one, I thought she was a little bit bitchy because Silky to me was really trying to give a throwaway answer. I, because she's like, well, she's injured and nobody ain't got time for that. Like, she didn't attack her drag. She didn't attack her character. She just said, well, she's injured, so let's get her the fuck out. And I don't know, maybe Evie thought that... I think I think what was happening here was that Evie had, like, fears of Eureka O'Hara, where she was going to be medevaced from the season, and she knows how well she's doing on the season. So maybe, she, maybe that's why she took offense. But for her to then go in on Silky and say, well, I think Silky should go home, because she's not listening to the judge's criticism. And she won't change her drag to fit what you all are looking for, and she hasn't grown. To me, that was, that was real. Like, I don't feel like Silky was being real, Leon. I feel like Silky was just trying to give a throwaway answer because she didn't want to say her friend Raja. So she had to say somebody else. She knows that her and Evie don't see eye to eye. So why is Evie going to be pissed? Of course she's going to say Evie. They don't like each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 oh, my gosh. I don't know. It's just like I really do think that it stems back to just issues that they've had sort of consistently uh, and it's like they're just going to go after each other and sometimes it's no it no longer becomes rational like that's kind of where i feel the um the vanji stuff came on like yeah, uh, silky totally and irrational yeah yeah silky and evie were already like so angry and fighting with each other and then when you're so amped up you're going to snap at anybody so you know i just feel like there was a lot of this on kind of under the surface and then this is it all boiling to the top yeah and i totally identify with evie during most of this episode but i do feel like there were a couple different times where she didn't look so great this is one of them i don't i also feel like she didn't look great in that fight with Vanji. On the other hand, when her and Silky eventually got into it and untalked, I was identifying more with Evie. I really, I felt like I understood where she was coming from, even though the initial thing might have been a little bit shady in terms of attacking her drag and attacking her character when RuPaul was walking around the runway. I do feel like, in some ways, it went over the line in, in, in how Silky attacked Evie. Anyway, we can talk about that in Untalked. Yeah, I will say on this note, I think that the one thing that Evie took, because it does seem to your point, Leon, that like Evie puts the Vanji comment in the back pocket. She is not directly addressing it. I think when Silky, and I can understand why you just sort of like shrug off an answer because you don't really want to answer anything, especially when you're focusing on making your outfit at the same time and impressing RuPaul. I think specifically using the excuse of her injury is what set Evie off. And she talked about this later at the Mirror, I think, which is basically, she's grown up with this condition her entire life, and she says one of the reasons why it took her so long to tell anybody on the show about it is because she doesn't want to be regarded as weak. You know, she didn't even tell Travis Wall about it last week because she feels like when she mentions it, she either gets babied or she gets sort of like 
put off to the side. And I think unintentionally so, Silky just did that, saying, oh, yeah, Evie's the weakest because of her condition. And I think that's what got Evie fired up, because that's basically been 25 years of her life. And so it's something that she comes at very defensively. So, again, it'll, it'll bubble over much more in Untucked, as I'm sure we'll talk about. But I think that's where she was coming from, to the point where when we're going to get into this Alyssa stuff, when she's done, she walks by and she, like, looks directly at Silky and basically mutters, like, basically, fuck you for saying that I should go home because I'm injured. Well, speaking of that, let's get to this Alyssa Edwards appearance. Uh, and, I, you know, they sort of cooked up a BS way to bring her in, but I'm so happy we brought her in. Alyssa is going to basically teach the girls how to bring personality to the runway. I thought this was a delightful segment to just... You know, much like the mini challenges, it brings the queens out of their shell a bit. And Alyssa is just always a delight. She is drag race royalty. She deserves that lower third. Brent, what did you make of this segment? Oh, this is great. This is so much fun. Uh, I Anytime you can get Alyssa, and my God, is she coming back? Because she looked beat. She looked, she didn't look like a beast. She looked beat. She looked amazing. She was so freaking beautiful and she had so many great one-liners for these queens when they were stomping out there she's talking about looking like a, a football player and uh that you you girl you need to try again and girl take your time make the audience want you yes girl yes yeah like everything she did liana i was like i was so here for it i just love her so much oh my god she's totally somebody who literally gets away with murder and we know it and we don't care yeah, uh, I thought when it was, you know, Rue said, like, oh, a special guest. I was like, oh, I wonder who it could be. And then you see <laughs> Alyssa from behind. You're like, oh, Alyssa. Like, definitely could tell it was her. And it was fun. This uh, this runway thing almost kind of reminded me of, um, like, a team building activity somehow, you know, to, yeah. like, get everybody comfortable with each other. We're going to, like, get you out of your shell. Um, uh, it was it was funny. But, you know, and then, of course, we have, like, this underlying tension of Evie being like, because what exactly? did she say you can push through things as long as you're not pushing through your limit and like shade eyes silky which I, I didn't quite know i mean i guess it was all in reference um to mike what you said about the whole injury thing um so that was what really got her but the the rest of it was a lot of fun yeah i mean this is it's fantastic to bring vanji on from the very beginning because again considering how much vanji has gotten compared to Alyssa in terms of how you just love her personality it's crazy to see these two like in the same room interacting with each other to the point where Alyssa, you know, starts talking to Vanjie and goes, pop the beat, please! And then it's just it's such fantastic <laughs> dynamics. I, I love that apparently Alyssa's spirit animal is silky. I guess I could understand that. It's just I did not immediately make that comparison. And as as Vanjie said, this was like a completely different plastique. I think it's honestly just like putting her in front of someone that she's comfortable with, that she spends so much time with, and she's, you know, throwing shade at Alyssa with the foot up on the, the proscenium. She's dropping into a split. I think, you know, I think that we'll talk about Raj's argument that Plastique, you know, had a lot of lucky opportunities this week with getting to see people that she personally connects with. And I think this is one of them. I think this is instrumental to how Plastique's going to end the episode, Brent. Yeah, I know, but I didn't even understand what Raja was talking about. Like when she's like, she gets to, she gets to see her mom, she gets to see her boyfriend. I'm like, well, her mom? What are you talking? When, when was her mom on the episode? And then I'm like, oh, she's talking about Alyssa Edwards. She's talking about her drag mom. So okay, like yeah, I guess. But like Alyssa Edwards has been on the show before. It's just 
happens to be that this is the moment in time. And to me, she was particularly like, she was like, Plastique, I'm not going to give you anything. Like, I'm going to have to treat you just as hard as everybody else. So I don't know what she thought that Plastique was getting out of this more than anybody else. If you're Raja O'Hara, this is freaking Alyssa Edwards. This is Drag Race royalty. You should be like taking everything that she's giving you and letting it fill you up. Instead, you're too freaking bitter to recognize it. Well, I I mean, I can kind of get where she's coming from because, you know, you like get a letter from home, you get to see a message from, you know, someone you love. And that helps in terms of like the emotional support and the emotional stability. But how rude <laughs> to just come out and be like, uh, you're loved and that shouldn't be the case. So uh, get out of here. You know, rude. Uh, we'll put a bobby pin in that and get to it later. Uh, as we move away from that and uh, just one quick note, I love loved Akira's comparison of Silky's hair to Sonic the Hedgehog. The 90s can me love that. Uh, uh, Kansha Doncha. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> can't you work with it? Don't you try? Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> so I was living. I love Akira so much. Before we get any further, let's take a second to thank the sponsor for this week's recap. We are talking about Lola. L-O-L-A Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners and now they offer sex products as well. Liana, t- talk to me all about what Lola provides. Yeah, so Lola is known for its line of period products made with organic cotton, which is great. So you know exactly what you're sticking in your body. Uh, but Lola also offers sex products, which are made with women in mind. So their subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, uh, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, boxes, frequency of delivery. Uh, and what's great is that Lola's subscription is really flexible. So you can change or skip or cancel your subscription at any time. Maybe you need some extra condoms this week i totally get it just go ahead and add that to your box and for every purchase that you make lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the u.s so you can feel good not only about what you are doing for yourself but also what you're doing for other women across the world so leon just talked about the female period products for lola but they've recently added a new sex by lola line which is also available for subscription you can just Tack it onto your own period subscriptions that everything is conveniently delivered all at once, as Liana mentioned, due to your ideal schedule and frequency of activity. The Sex by Lola line includes ultra-thin lubricated condoms, water-based personal lubricant made with aloe vera, which is safe to use while trying to conceive. And now, new to the Sex by Lola line are biodegradable cleansing wipes, the first of its kind in the world, perk for a midday refresh or a post coitus cleanup or both if you're brangy um, <laughs> yeah i um uh, i uh, honestly love 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 these new biodegradable cleansing wipes i think the thing that i like the most about them is that they are hypoallergenic and they don't have okay Ladies, we all know those like or men too, y'all, any type of cleansing wipe has that smell that like Mm -hmm. kind of chemical smell to Mm -hmm. it. And this one literally just does not smell. So it's awesome. You feel like you really cleaning yourself. You're not worried about any chemicals that you're putting uh, near your very precious lady parts. Yeah. I mean, in line with this episode, you're feeling quite organic when you use these wipes as opposed to any other chemicals you might be putting on there. 
Exactly. Very uh, farm to table, it feels like. <laughs> um, the other thing that I love is the ultra thin condoms. You know, you want to be close to your partner, but you can still be protected from unwanted pregnancies and STIs while still, um, you know, being able to use a product that is delivered right to your door. So really, like, there's no reason to not use Lola products. They're just so great. And especially the fact that everything is natural. Like, my mom's a hippie. I'm a little bit of a hippie, but you don't have to be hippie to care about what you're putting in your body and using Lola products you don't have to worry about that for 40% off all subscriptions to Lola including the period products and sex by Lola visit mylola.com m-y-l-o-l-a.com and enter the promo code RuPaul r-u-p-a-u-l when you subscribe again for 40% off all subscriptions mylola.com promo code RuPaul Let's get to the runway here. Uh, first, I want to talk about our guest judges. We have a uh, model actress, Amber Valletta, and I would say one of the stars of this past season of Celebrity Big Brother, Miss Candy Burris. Liana, what'd you make about the judges this week? Oh my gosh, I was so excited to see Candy. Um, I loved her on Celebrity Big Brother, so it was like it was fun to see her there. And then I was like, oh, and her and Ross know each other because they're friends. And I was like, wait, no, hold on, yeah, <laughs> we're not on other. the same season. Yeah, <laughs> and I think when this filmed, like she hadn't been on yet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this was this, so, was, this anyway. was last summer. So uh, yeah, Ross yeah. Ross might have been giving her tips at the time about like here's what you do in the Celebrity Big Brother house, but maybe mm-hmm. that's it. Well, my thought was, I was like, what if Ross was like, yeah, you should totally do it, you know? And then that's why she ended up doing it. Because she was the one that by far had the most money out of anybody. Like, she, you know, she didn't need to be on Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, But anyway, she was fun, and I don't remember the other person. I don't remember the other person either. I was all about Candy because Candy was real. Candy was, like, tart this episode. Candy was like, I didn't like that. That was ugly. She looked like a football player. Those shoulder... No, I couldn't with those... Once she turned around with those shoulder pads, no, I couldn't. (laughs) She... She was not wasting any time criticizing people. Yeah, I I mean, I loved it, too, because, uh, you know, I got this from even talking to her personally on her exit interview. She's just like, she comes at you with that smile that completely mitigates the the mean things that she says sometimes. And they were really pointed critiques, but I'd agree with her on all of them. So I love the fact that she brought it here. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to Amber as well. I think that especially coming into a design challenge from a model angle, she was able to talk about a lot about playing again playing up that idea of personality on the runway and sort of like living the design is i think a critique that she or a, a compliment that she gave plastique so i'd invite them both back i think that they both did a really good job to the specifics of this challenge especially do we have any thoughts about this uh pumpkin pie line dance featuring evie oddly as the uh devil went down to georgia fiddler on the hay bale it was terrible. It was terrible. It was wasting time. It was like, okay, that's cute. Girl, bye, next. Like, the only thing that was interesting was Evie, but that's how it, most things are on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. No tea, no shade. But, uh, like, Evie was fun. Everybody else was boring. I can't even believe they took the time to actually criticize it in the judging. Like, this is stupid, Liana. Because it was all about personality. This was a personality challenge. Uh, This is definitely a personality (laughs) challenge. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I mean, obviously, I knew that it couldn't be anything too complex, given the fact that Alyssa did all the runway walks with the girls. And then, oh, now you're going to do, you know, dance number on top of it. So um, it was fine. Honestly, I don't really remember anything about it. So, Hmm. yeah, this was another case where because there were so many wide shots and cut twos for all these different moments, we had to basically let the judges tell us what happened instead of being able to really because i tried to take a look on my rewatch and yeah there really wasn't too much there that i could glean except nina west is just fantastic at hamming it up and this was 
perfect for it, and it reminded me of uh, Waiting for Guffman, the red, white, and blank thing that they did. So that was a nice little uh, memory of one of my favorite movies. But let's move into the runway itself, where there is much more to bite into, literally, with some of these outfits. Let's go queen by queen here. And let's start with someone who ended up safe here. She thought she'd blow her way into the top, but unfortunately that breeze stopped short. Liana, what did you make of Sugar Cane's use of burlap, canvas, and dried flowers? Oh, I loved this. I thought this could have been in the top. Um, I thought that she, like, the the idea of going with the windswept look, I was getting very much, like, twister realness. Like, that's why she was out in the field, because she was, like, getting, like, blown away by a twister. Um, and I thought, I mean, I don't know. I thought that this was really well constructed. I thought it was, you know, a different silhouette since we're all talking about silhouettes. Um, I was really impressed by what she made. And she was like not in this episode at all, uh, which is crazy. At all. I feel like this is one of those instances on RuPaul's Drag Race where you haven't been impressing RuPaul and all of a sudden the challenge comes up and you do impress, but Ru puts you safe. And the reason she puts you safe is because she doesn't believe in you yet. I feel like in order for Suga to get RuPaul's attention, she's gonna have to be she's gonna have to be fabulous back to back. Like she's gonna have to be really great during Snatch Game. Otherwise she's in danger of getting sent home because I don't think RuPaul believes in her. I will also say that I didn't love the beat. Uh it can come up a little bit harsh at times. Uh it comes off a little manly that that chin. I know this isn't necessarily indicative. This picture that we're looking at is indicative of is not indicative necessarily of the way she looked on the runway, but I also felt like this on the runway that her beat sometimes she could use a little bit more makeup because she is a dude when she's not in drag. And I do feel like that a little bit more spackle would be good for her. But other than that, I love the silhouette. It's so interesting and fun. And it's a really interesting take on a, as Liana said, windswept look. I think and, and the fact that she kept it consistent through the whole look from the dress to the flowers through the hair was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually will disagree about the makeup. I actually really enjoyed it because it's so unconventional at least to what we usually see with her it's more naturalistic with a couple of quick colors that i think match really well with the flowers that she used and i think it just sticks out from how unconventional this look is in general i love the shape that it creates with all this talk about making the same silhouette to your point brent everything's a little scoot. it's all pushed to the side and i just love the unique shape that it creates i would agree that i think this would definitely be at least my top four uh, I could see it eking its way into the top three as well. I wonder if a big reason why she was out so much in this episode is just because there is so much drama going on with like half the cast that sometimes they're just in a room and the fact that you have someone like Nina West is just super good at talking heads, that she's just a great narrator that I think poor Sugar, you know, got, got pushed to the side here. I want to talk a little bit later about everyone's chances, you know, for the second half of the season. Do we think Sugar has Cameron Michaels upside in terms of her longevity in the competition? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of like, you know, what, like, Rue saw something in Cameron Michaels. Um, And I just, I feel like to what Brent was saying is that I think then uh, Rue doesn't see something that she likes in Sugar. Um, so I think that, you know, it, this is RuPaul's show. And so, you know, he can make the decisions that he wants. And so, you know, Suga is just not a, something that RuPaul is interested in. I don't know. Suga's going to be gone in the next two episodes. If she's not gone during Snatch Game, she's going to be gone in the episode after that. You heard it well, here. 
Listen, Rue's watching his eating, less for the sugar, uh-huh. more for, like, the, the carob, you know? Something that's a little less, uh, you know, harmful to the teeth. Oh, my God. It's uh, Splenda Cane. <laughs> Gotta change your name. <laughs> well, let's move on. Speaking of the sweets of it all, let's talk about Silky. Now, Rue sort of warned Silky, hey, remember last time? You didn't do so well in the design challenge, and Silky just sort of was off in her own world of, yeah, it was too pretty to be a monster. Brent, what did you make? Do you feel like Silky was true to her word and, and changed things up a bit from the last time this happened? I mean, I'm sure she thinks she did. Um, I'll, here's the thing. I'll start with the positive. The, the positives are that she placed those beans all over that outfit. Like, she didn't stop at any, at any specific point. It wasn't like she only did the dress and she didn't do the bodice. The entire thing looks really really well done especially from afar when you're looking at it on the runway what does not look good is that burlap sack that she has over her shoulder which i don't know what like it's like she literally just ripped it off and said i'm just gonna wear this like mm-hmm. i don't know what she's, she's she needed a new coat <laughs> like uh i thought this was uh not adding to the look she literally should have gotten rid of it that that burlap shawl or whatever uh, and, and maybe this would have been a little bit better, but uh, I also have to criticize her because I'm going to come for somebody else. That uh, girl, this is apparently the one simplicity pattern that you know because I don't know if you guys have seen, but every time she's had to make an outfit, this is the way she goes. You can look at episode one when she was doing the uh, legendary look, and she comes out looking like peppermint, and she again has the pencil skirt with the bodice and there it's a little bit of a keyhole there but it's still the same concept to me and then later on i can't remember which episode it's in she also did that as well for another design challenge um the uh was it the monster ball i'm looking really quickly sorry uh yeah it's a same thing she 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 did a full gown there but it's it's like I've never seen anything other than this kind of silhouette on you. And the fact that I saw this in episode one, this silhouette, this exact silhouette, really, really pisses me off. And uh, I'm going to come for other people, too. So stop stop doing this. Do something else. But it was, the, it was like, good looking. But because I've seen it before, I felt like it deserved to be safe. Yeah, I mean, I think this probably falls in the safe category for me, um, just because I it looks different from other things that are on the runway, and uh, the amount of time it must have taken to like glue all those things on is crazy. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. I would definitely take off the cape thing that she put on top. I wasn't crazy about that. Um, uh, but it, this was it definitely fell in the safe category for me. Yeah, I think if you rank all nine outfits, this is square in the middle. At number five, where I totally agree with you, Brent, there was as much bad and as good. I initially was not a fan of this outfit, but I really did appreciate the use of beans and how it really did work its way all around. I think that some of these girls uh, have had problems. I think looking at you, Kahana Montrese, Mr. I won't stone my tights all the way up. Uh, You know, I'm glad that she committed to it doing the full way around. But yeah, I don't know what her obsession is with capes and shawls and all that stuff. But the, the burlap did not necessarily work here and i don't know how i feel about the headpiece i like the the beans of it all i don't know how i don't know if i'm a big fan of the feathers adding about a foot to her height but as you said i think perfectly safe for this week so she is able to survive for another week and survive to another untucked Hmm. yeah can you like just uh, not to belabor the fact but can you just like mentally take off that burlap sack that she's wearing and take off the hat and think of her hair just slicked back with a pencil skirt 
with that purse and that bodice and those shoes. To me, that looks amazing. And she knows how to paint. She knows how to do a face. So it would look great. I still don't know if it gets in the top, though, because we had some really strong contenders in the top. Mm, well, she doesn't look as much like Oprah yeah, this week. That's true. A little yeah, Oprah. I, a little but... Oprah, yeah. Well, let's move into one of these top looks of the week. Evie makes, I think, her fourth or fifth, uh, fourth appearance on the top in a row here. Fifth total with her take on a Hawaiian autumn. Liana, what is your take on what Evie put out this week on the runway? Oh, I thought this was so cool. And like, it is very clearly made with unconventional materials. There's another queen in the top that, you know, made a dress out of fabric. This is obviously not fabric. I mean, clearly she had something used for the base, but like, this was so cool and so creative. And, you know, okay, yeah, maybe you could clock that, like, it makes her look a little wide in the middle. She doesn't have like, oh, the hourglass silhouette, but that's because she made a freaking dress out of like, I don't even know what these are. Um, and it just looks really gorgeous. And the attention to detail is, I think, what makes this really wonderful. I was totally here for this. I was totally here for this, too. This should have won. I mean, come I on. Agree. How are you going to get how are you going to get this much color out of organic materials? The fact that she was able to get this much color on a dress made out of organic materials. And can we also please talk about the beat that is painted for the gods? I mean, you want glamour? She's like, I'll give you glamour, bitch. And she's got that cute kitty girl wig on. Uh, like everything about this worked for me. Everything about this and nothing I have seen before from her. Nothing about this is like, oh, I think you've done something like that before. No, she constantly is trying to reinvent herself, constantly trying to top herself. I appreciate her so freaking much. And honestly, if Plastique doesn't have her big breakdown moment in this episode, I think Evie wins here. She is a threat to win nearly every challenge that she is in because she has personality and she can do something interesting on the runway. She is like everybody's biggest competition and don't let Silky tell you any different. Yeah, I completely agree with you that I think narratively it totally makes sense that plastique won and my heart goes out for her and we'll definitely talk about that but yeah just purely from a look perspective you know without any sort of story behind it evie's might be my favorite and i think what she did really well is you know i feel like there's a lot of talk in this episode in particular about taking or not taking the judge's notes and she took that note when she tried to do glamour during the monster ball and it didn't work out so well they said like you can do glamour but you can do it when the situation calls for it. And I'm so happy that she felt, okay, this is what I do. I do garments out of unconventional materials. So once I know I can do that, as opposed to someone like Akira, who's not so comfortable doing that, let me see if I can play around a bit and produce something quote unquote glamorous. And as a result, this is just so much fun. I love the disparity in colors. You know, there's obviously the red and the yellow, but then you have like the lilac poking out from the bottom, coupled with these like, Lily's lily looking things on her boobs, coupled with the the face that immerses all those colors. It's just it's so well done. And I love what Ross said as well, in that, you know, she's showing a new part of herself, but it's still a part of the same body. It's still Evie at the end of the day. And that's that is the perfect thing you want to hear as a drag race contestant. You are versatile, but you are still staying true to who you are. And that is just the perfect winning formula, in my opinion. Oh, I hope she wins. I really do. All right, let's move on here to Nina West, who ends up in the bottom three for the second week in a row here. She tried to take the notes about proportionizing, and I feel like she's on her way here. But I, I have more quibbles with some other parts of both her outfit and her runway. Brent, what did you think about Nina this week? 
Woo, baby. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'll, I'll look. I'll talk about the positive. The positive is that she doesn't look anything like she normally looks. Like that is some interesting yeah. makeup and some interesting hair. And I just feel like that everything's just a little bit rough around the edges. I also appreciate the fact that she really tried to give us an interesting shape with this sort of bodice and sort of skirt. Although I do agree with the person who said it looked a little bit like a diaper. Uh, I think that was the judging panel. But uh, there were so many great things to like about this. Unfortunately, it just had things that were a little bit off. The, the the shoulders made her look so manly. She needed she needed more height on whatever that bodice is. She needed more height to cover her shoulders because like Nia is a again she's a dude when she's out of drag. She is a she is such a big dude that you cannot hide that if you're showing bare shoulder on the runway. I also thought that the bodice was a little wonky in terms of the shape. And obviously, you know, I, I'll read her for filth for her stomping. She looked like she was stomping cockroaches on the runway. <laughs> like, oh, here, here's one. Oh, here's one. Oh, here's one. Yeah, that's how it looked to me. Uh, uh, I was so glad, though, that she wasn't in the bottom, too, because I do feel like she's trying to do what the judges won from her. And also because I felt like there was a way for her to lose the lip sync versus Raja, where I knew that a carrier was going to send Raja home. So I was so happy she was she was not in the bottom, too. I loved this, actually. Mm. So I don't, I definitely don't think she should have been in the bottom. I think she should have been safe because I think that the top is really what makes the look. I know that the bottom is not great. It definitely looks like she was running out of time because she was like working on the bodice, but yeah. it's a cool material to use. She's clearly really trying to give herself like she, by sort of distracting from the shoulders by having like the top of the bodice go up. I thought that that was really gorgeous. And um, I, I I don't know. I, I thought that this was pretty. I get the comments about like lightening up her base a little bit, but I don't know. I, I didn't think that she deserved to be in the bottom. The walk, though, I will say. <laughs> oh, I had to watch this a couple times because I was like, what is why does she move so weird? She like lifts her whole foot up and then puts her whole foot down. She's walking at like the a freaking time. chicken on the runway. No, she walks like, I mean, yeah, okay, it's a little chicken-ish, but like at least chickens, their heels are kind of up. I don't know anything about chicken anatomy, but I feel like that's kind of a thing. <laughs> this was like a whole, like her heel and the ball of the foot all lifted up at the same time, moved forward, and then sat down. Like she leveled them all down at the same time. It was insane. It was like when you put little booties on a dog and they're trying to like <laughs> walk around with the little booties. That's what she was giving me. But... Okay, my last thought on Nina. Oh my goodness. For someone to be so open to the judges' critiques and criticisms and be willing to change and to want to change and to want to do better. Like, she is somebody who's been in the drag game for so long and wants to continuously learn and improve and change. Oh my God. That's amazing. That is probably, I think, one of the most attractive qualities a person can have. Like, you, God damn it. Good, good on you, girl. Right. I love her. I will say that that's the underreported part of this whole episode and maybe the whole the entire season because of all the drama going on with Evie and people uh, is the fact that this Nina West man she's been wanting to be on the show forever and she, Mike she's living for every moment like I it took me a few episodes I, I I felt like she was oversold in the beginning where I thought she was gonna like for, to hear people tell it Nina West was gonna come on and just clean up on season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race and I was so I was expecting something amazing and then when she, she had that nipple dress at the beginning of the season I was like I've been sold a bill of goods but 
I do understand where people are coming from. In fact, I don't even think the people who are fans of her knew how amazing she is in terms of wanting to learn from the judges and always trying to better herself. She's not defensive about anything she puts on the runway. She's here for, like, okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. Like, I don't even want to be safe. I'd rather be in the bottom so I can at least get some critiques from you guys. Like, tell me what looks good, what looks bad, what am I doing wrong, and how can I look better? Ah, Nina, I love her. Nina West is a class act. And I'm hopefully putting this out there so that it actualizes itself and becomes a reality. I think we're looking at this season's miscongeniality right here. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the audience voting or if it's the queens voting, but, I mean, she really is so composed and so open and to both of your points, so willing to learn, which I feel like is especially a a big surprise given, I think I saw someone tweet the fact that like, she's probably been in the business as long as plastique has been alive or nearly as long. (laughs) Yet she's somebody who's willing to come in and say, Hey, you know what? Sure. Random celebrity. You give me comments about my, the way I look on the runway. I I acknowledge that's a weak part of me as a performer. So I will take that criticism and I'll move forward with it. I enjoyed this look. I think, I really love the concept maybe more than the execution because the ingenuity behind this is incredible. This is probably the most like project one way adjacent outfit in that she made it out of freaking corn husks. The thing <laughs> you rip off a of corn when you're out to put it on the grill. That is ridiculous. And I thought the top was just fantastically well constructed. And she has come such a long way from that nipple dress in the very first episode. You know, she she took it a little conservatively, literally with the Puritan stuff during the Monster Ball. But I think she took a risk here in more ways than one. And I think that for the most part, it, you know, paid off. Maybe she could have done without the skirt, you know, during the to the moon outro, she rips off the skirt. So, you know, maybe she could have she could have pulled a scarlet and during the critiques just ripped it off right there. I do think the makeup is a little harsh. Maybe it's yeah. the face that she's giving us in this photo, but it just seems very stark and sort of contrasts, I think, the warmth that comes with this corn outfit. But I will also say that while she wasn't bottom three for me, I could understand putting her in the bottom three because I could see a point where the judges say, okay, clearly she's receptive to our feedback. She's probably not going to be in the bottom two. Let's give her more because you know she wants to hear it and she's going to take it, which you might not be able to say about some of the other people on this season. Mm. All right, let's move on here to Brooklyn Heights. Liana, I believe you were alluding to Brooklyn beforehand. Give me your thoughts about Brooklyn's third time in the top during a design challenge. Yeah, okay. So I will say, I think this is gorgeous. Um, I think um, she, you know, clearly put a lot of work into it really designing that shape i mean like who thinks of that right i mean that's not like a basic pattern you whip out of your oversized clutch um and the 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 colors that she chose i think are really gorgeous i mean she just is a professional and the choice of using orange slices i thought was really cool um but it is made out of an actual fabric (laughs) like she used denim you know so like i would clock her a little bit for that just because you see queens working like evie um working with a truly un conventional materials um so i would clock her a little bit with that and i think that you know it, it made sense that she was probably like the third of the top three like the third yeah place. i think she was the third of the top three she was clearly number three to me because i didn't really love this look it was really pretty pretty it was really gorgeous um but i do feel like it swallowed her a little bit uh, I didn't necessarily love the shape at times, but other times I did. Like when she turned around, I felt like that was really, really interesting. Um, she knows how to serve it on the runway. And I feel mm-hmm. like that as much as, you know, we've talked about this in the past, so much of RuPaul's Drag Race 
that maybe we didn't really realize before is about the runway. It's about the show. It's about the judges not being bored. And, you know, when she turns around and drops that back and shows a little bit of tush there, I, I really feel like the judges are like, oh, oh, hey, thank you for not boring us. Uh, so I, I think that that probably helps her some. Yeah, I think that she she gave them a show at the end of the day. I was scared for a second that when it cut to her bare ass and it cut to Ross, uh, I thought for some reason Ross was going to come at her being like, why would you do that? Like, that's a little too whorish for the shape you were putting out. But they really seemed to enjoy it for what it was worth. And if you're talking about showing personality, it was a comedic way to end the runway, which I think definitely helped buoy her. I really By the way, like, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but does she have oranges on her shoes? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that, though. I, I really like this outfit. I do agree that considering the ingenuity of the other two outfits in the top three, this would probably be my third as well, but not by much. I really love this shape. This is like Greek goddess to me who accidentally like mixed her laundry in with somebody else's blues. And the, <laughs> this is the result. Like, I just love the color of it all. Yes, it's worked with a fabric like denim, but uh, as we'll see, you know, denim is a little stiff to work with sometimes. And I think that the color she got was very unique compared to the usual denim that we get. I mean, the thing that makes it for me are all the accents of orange from the earrings to the little uh, little brooch to the wristlets to the shoes, as mentioned before. Even her hair has these sort of like hints of orange to them in yeah. a color. I just think it's a very mm -hmm. well constructed outfit overall. I totally think you know hopefully she won't be affronted by the fact that she did not win her third design challenge of three but i think justifiably in the top for this week mm -hmm. yeah next up not faring too too well miss akira chanel davenport follows up an excellent week last week with a trip down to the bottom two brent deserved in your opinion yeah, I mean, girl, I, look, I think that the, the thing is, I'm really bummed about the fact that we never got to see whatever it was that she was trying to do in the first place. Like, that sounded amazing to me. Her taking the burlap and dyeing it blue, uh, I, I was really here for her. In the end, I don't know why she didn't just use denim like uh, Brooke did. Maybe there wasn't enough of it. I heard, you know, different things throughout this episode. <laughs> yeah, I heard things people. were getting stolen. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I don't know what was happening there, but I would have really liked to see what she, what her original concept was, considering that she really had to come up with something fast. I think this looks about as good as you can expect. Uh, I mean, it looks better than some people. Like, I actually feel like, aesthetically, it looks better than Nina. I don't know that uh, Liana won't agree with me on that, but I think it no. does. I'm um, also the the face is absolutely beat. The hair is right. Everything about that from the neck up looks amazing. But uh, I don't know what like I mean, it, it, like there's little paint splotches here and there on the dress. <laughs> like it's this is not good. <laughs> Like, yeah, it definitely. Well, it looked like oh, sh her other outfit didn't work, and she had to quickly whip something up. Like, well, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I totally see the thing about the paint swatches because it just it looked like a little unfinished. Um, even though I see it does seem to have all the hems, perhaps. Um, but I, I think for me, the comment I think Michelle made it about the whole hunchback thing totally got that too. It felt like she had no neck. It just and then you know because her she had the little pussycat wig thing on just felt like a little head was like plopped on there <laughs> on the top it felt v very uh odd um but i ugh, those damn organic dyes keeping us from what greatness we could have seen yeah it's very much like at points it almost looked like a barber smock like akira was getting in to mm -hmm. get her don't show 
kuncha hair getting cut and so I, I do see the point that amber made about it sort of swallowing her arms i can you know see the aesthetic behind it but like we were talking about with silky it just didn't really pay off i do like the hints of green i don't necessarily see the peacock thing that she's talking about because i don't think those are peacock feathers but there's one yeah there's one peacock feather in the middle that i see okay the rest i don't know what the rest are so at least i appreciate those accents but yeah i would say that this was not her week. She knows it was not her week. The judges knew it was not her week. But you know what? Let's give her an opportunity to slay in the lip sync and promptly show the judges that this was a one-time thing. So let's move on here to Miss Vangie working so hard to provide a different silhouette. I gotta say, I appreciate that effort, but this would have been in my bottom, personally. Yeah. Liana, you agree? Yeah, this is what I would have put in the bottom instead of um, Nina, just because, like, I feel like the top. So if I look from the top down, it's like, okay, it's starting to go somewhere. But then I don't know what the skirt is. It feels like a cop out. The two don't really go together, although I did like the little pocket um, thing that she had kind of made. And I appreciate the rope on the shoes, but like this was not great for me. This is terrible. This is like, to me, this is the worst look on the runway. Like, this is this is really bad. At least Raja had a concept and something that she was going to go with and went all out with it, even if it was bad. But this was a total cop-out. Like, the, from the, from the again, from the neck up, looks great. The, the face is absolutely beat. The hair is right. Everything about it looks great. But from the, from the neck down, whoa, the, the ropes look and, and, and from the back, did you see from the back how bad they look? <laughs> the back ropes, like, yeah. Back ropes? Oh my god. Uh, this is just, uh, she should have been in the bottom. I'm really mad that she's not in the bottom. I'm really mad that she's not getting clocked more for some of this bullshit that she's putting out on the runway. But on the other hand, she's so fun. She's so nice. And her confessionals are so great. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm generally in agreement with whatever she says during their confessionals. <laughs> so I, it's hard to get mad at her. So, on the plus side, it's not a corset and panties, Mm-mm. which is great. Good on you, Vangie. And I can understand the intention behind the ropes. Uh, it's just like, uh, it, it just was not. I'll completely repeat what you guys said. Just not a great execution yeah. here. Uh, just I, the, the ropes in particular just didn't really feel like uh, a well-put-together top. Speaking of Raja... Let's move on to an outfit that will ultimately send her home. Brent, uh, you were talking about <laughs> Raja's look had had an idea behind it, at least, even if it took a little bit of storytelling. What'd you make of the unintentional ode to Groot? I mean, I, I have to think that it's not a coincidence that I just saw a uh, trailer for Avengers Endgame because this is I am Groot. <laughs> That's all this is. And the pants with the hems were open in various places. It's amazing to me that she doesn't see this. Like she's like, Well, I went out there and this and look other people are relying on pretty. I'm like, girl, do you not see how unfinished your look looks? And how terrible that looks? And how the hems are all open? Like, I mean, do you not see that? And I mean I feel like the the pants idea was great, but it wasn't great in execution and also the top I'm not even sure what this is supposed to be. She said it was like, I'm a tree and I've been uprooted, but that just sounded like a bunch of hook. Uh, it, 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 it didn't sound like it was based in reality. Uh, so it's a boot. 
Uh, I love. I liked from like the waist to the neck. <laughs> that okay. little middle bit I thought was nice. I thought it was like cool but using the the bark to make like that kind of structure. Um, but if you're a tree, why are you wearing a metal necklace and why are you wearing white shoes? If it's like a little bag, it's supposed to be a little burlap bag. And then I didn't. I also didn't like the crown thing. I would have plucked that off. Like if you're sprouting, then like your whole face would be green. Uh, is it the, to me really? the biggest offender though was the lack of the attention to detail and I I will say that I actually like the green ponytail but I'm with candy birds I did not like the headpiece it Mm -hmm. just didn't really look like I think what it was supposed to I think it looks more like she was on fire than she's supposed to be a tree I think if you get rid of that then you get more of the sprouting element she was going for I agree that I think the midsection that top is done really well I don't know whether or not Plastique really stole the three pieces of bark that she needed to finish the bottom, but I I think that whether or not they were executed well, the pants just look entirely different from the concept. And so I appreciate the fact that she was trying to pivot, but it it didn't necessarily work here. So I could understand this being in the bottom two, especially... By the way... Go ahead. Just to clear that up, uh, Plastique has said on Twitter that she did mistakenly, that that all the pieces were, you know, in in a similar area. She did mistakenly take some of Raj's bark, but then when she realized that she had done so, she instantly gave it all back to her. But then Brooke, who had taken some bark, realized that she wasn't going to use it, and she gave her her bark to Plastique. So that's the chain of events. So Raj is blowing smoke up your ass uh, if you're to believe Plastique that she Mm. stole any of the bark. Well, speaking of plastique, Brent, give me your thoughts of what will ultimately be the winning look on the runway here. Shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been the winning look. A great look, very pretty, beat for the gods. Uh, the paint's right, the hair looks great, but I will clock her. I don't know if you guys can see this, but I have it up on my screen. She is wearing those same tights in <laughs> episodes seven, six, four, and is it one? It's in four different episodes on RuPaul's Drag Race where she's wearing those stoned, like Victoria's Secret tights, where like the stoning goes, uh, you know, up to the to the the top there. Uh, like, stop doing that! Like, stop stop showing us the same silhouette. Stop wearing a corset. I, I'm I'm like I'm I'm I love this look because it's pretty and gorgeous, but. God damn it! I'm like I'm. This is like the silky of it all. I've seen this before from you. I, I don't think you should be rewarded and much less given a win for showing me the same thing for you to wear the same tights over and over again. I, it's just an insult to the, to the, to the runway. And you can say, well, maybe they're a different pair, but it's, it's the same type. It's the same kind. There's sheer tights with a little, little bit of white and stones on them. That's exactly what it is. Uh, anyway, moving on. As soon as, as soon as I saw the tights, I was like, oh, Brand's going to hate this. <laughs> um, so I, I will say what I really appreciated about her outfit was, um, one, just the choices of the materials that she used. I think she looks absolutely phenomenal. She reminds me of like a fall cornucopia. Mm, yeah, and it's really lovely. And I think really what makes her, um, what sets her above the others is because of that attention to detail that I keep talking about. Like she clearly made specific choices about the, the material she was using and the shapes that those materials create in a very um, judicious way. Like the use of the feathers um, to the corner of make these like curved, like almost contour ish, like boob shapes, like up on the bustier is mm-hmm. really gorgeous. So I think it's those little things that um, stand out, but I can definitely see your point, Brent, about it being a, you know, a similar silhouette. And most importantly, 
She sold the crap out of it on the runway. Work, bitch, which was work. which was what we were. I think a, a couple of us were saying back during the Monster Ball was like, well, this could have been something plastique one, but she just sort of went out there and said, "Tada!" Instead of really putting on a show like someone like Brooklyn did, she really, I think, took Alyssa's advice the most to heart. Understandably so, yes. she was sultry walking down that runway, letting them see every single detail that happened on it, and the judges are very appreciative of that. So I think. All those things combined, I think that this would narratively give Plastic a win, understandably so, when she needed it the most. And I think, you know, I, I'm happy that uh, we get some diversity in our design challenge winners as well. And I think good, it was a good week for Plastic. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where she goes from here, especially given what's going to happen next week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the lip sync here. Uh, I mean, this is sort of like, I wouldn't call it a runaway, I feel like, or a strut away. I feel like Raja did an okay job, but my eyes just kept going back to Akira. Maybe it's because it's the first time we've seen her lip sync, but between miming the playing instruments and just ending on her looking at Raja, pointing to the back of the runway and saying strut, I think that's a microcosm of how she absolutely killed this lip sync. Liana, you have any thoughts about it? Go ahead, Liana. Take it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, oh my gosh! Wow, so it feels honored. Um, yeah, I thought this was absolutely so much fun to watch. It gave me um thoughts of Asia O'Hara when she was in the bottom from the design challenge because she was helping all the girls, and I don't remember who she was lip syncing against. But it was like, okay, this bitch can lip sync. Yeah, totally here for it. Yeah, this was freaking amazing. Like I, I was like, okay, can we also talk about the fact that Raja took off her wig? She took off her wig and they showed RuPaul looking very disappointed. Like, if, like I'm just telling contestants from now on, if you take off your wig and you don't have another wig underneath there, you're going to get eliminated. Like, RuPaul is not going to... You're not going to be the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. You might survive if RuPaul hates somebody else so much, but you are not going to be the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. This is the second time that her wig has come off on the runway. And I, I, I like, I'm kind of... Like amazed that she would do this. Uh, anyways, I don't want to talk about her. We don't want to talk about Raj. I want to talk about Karia. Karia was amazing. This is an absolute beatdown. This was just she. She you just mopped the floor with her. She's freaking amazing. God, I love Akira. Akira to me could still win RuPaul's Drag Race. I agree. I think right now we have eight contestants left. I'm gonna make a prediction. Give me a top four of. I would say definitely Brooke and Evie. I'd say let's throw Akira in there. <laughs> it's really tough because I, I sort of have a fourth spot up for negotiation there. I know, Brett, you're really pushing Silky in the top four. I think right now you can throw Plastique in there. It all depends on how she does next week, uh, but she did pretty well in those acting challenges. But I think given the momentum she has now, I can now see uh, a, a spot for her opening up in the top four. Yeah, I think that this is her moment. I think this is like at the Academy Awards when you get your Oscar nomination finally. Like, the nomination is the award. So I feel like that this, her win in this episode, that's her RuPaul's Drag Race win. She's not going to win at the end, but this is her win. So I feel like that she's probably going to be eliminated. Plastique, I'm talking about, and before the final four. I think the final four is going to be Akira, Brooklyn, Silky Nutmeg Ganache, and Evie Adley. You heard it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would co-sign that as well. I, I agree with that decision. All right, well, let's move into Untucked. There's a lot to get into. We alluded to some of it beforehand, so we can, we can touch upon. I feel like there are three key segments here. Let's start with Silky versus Evie. Liana, I know we spoke about this beforehand in terms of the stuff that bled over from the main show, but what do you think about what would ultimately be Evie's warm-up fight in this Untucked? 
Yeah, the warm-up fight. Um, okay, let's see. I'm trying to remember. There was so much drama that happened because the only thing that I'm like cons- consistently thinking about is uh, Brooklyn just like <laughs> building her pillow for it and like drinking in the background. Um, I don't know. what. I mean, what else is there to say about it? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go. I mean, like the, the Evie of it all to me well, really was defined by the Silky of it all in that Silky's like, well, I think she's going to be in the bottom. And then the other two are like, uh, I don't know about that bitch. And she's like, yeah, she's just wearing the same trash out on the runway. And then they come back and they're like, who's in the top? And she's like, oh, Evie's in the top. And the look on Silky's face is like disgust. It's like, oh, I can't believe that. And then they go at it because she's like, well, girl, you were trying to throw me under the bus by saying that my ankle is hurting and you know how hard I've been working my ass off like I went out there and I did this challenge and I stomped down the runway just to show you that I was not going to be hindered by this and you're still looking like the same old thing the same pencil dress that you do every time throwing beans all over everything and then of course Silky's like well I got something to say to you I your drag looks terrible I don't like your drag you can you come for me by calling out my character and say that I'm not taking the criticisms of RuPaul and then they got really really angry at each other and then Vanjie said something that somehow attracted Evie's attention. I will say Evie yelling at Vanjie, girl, shut up. Like, I love you, Evie, but shut up. I don't know, you were just upset or something, but uh, you had no business yelling at Vanjie. Vanjie was totally, yeah, she said your name, but it was a total throwaway. She just didn't want to say Raja. She said you because, well, you're the only one who will read me for filth. And although you're right, she said, although you're right, did you not hear that part? Like, yeah. I thought that Evie was not acquitting herself well in various parts of this episode. But for the most part, I was here. Silky is feeling the pressure. I'm telling you, Silky also, I know Ra- I said Raja's feeling the pressure, but she's gone now. Silky is feeling the pressure. She is looking at Evie like, I totally dismissed this bitch. Remember, this is the same bitch that walked into the workroom with a Hot Wheels car. <laughs> she walked in with a Hot Wheels car and they were looking at her like, oh, well, she's going to be gone soon. And now they're looking at her going, god damn, she might actually be competition. And I don't think they like that. And also she's really smart. The other thing about Evie that I just love is so she's so smart. She's so articulate, so well-spoken, and she just knows how to serve it to these bitches. And I also love that she can laugh at herself. Like in the beginning of the episode, I know this is out of context, but when they were like, well, who does your drag or who do people say you remind them of from, from other seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race? And she's like, oh, well, I feel like they uh, people say that uh, I look like who, who did she say? Naomi Smalls. Naomi Smalls yeah. until they see my drag because they look similar as a boy. I thought that was so cute. I love I love Evie for the most part. Like and in terms of how I'd rank the fights. And the people who came out of it looking okay, I would put Vanjie as number one, (laughs) then Evie, then Silky. I thought thought Silky looked the worst. See, the thing Mm -hmm. about the Evie and and Vanjie thing is, even though it got more heated, it really reminded me of just like, if you have a really good friend and or like a sibling and you just really get into it with them, where like, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm just being optimistic because I like them both, but I feel like they're going to make up at the end of the yeah, day. It, it, it really does seem like they sort of have this sordid history and they were just I think Evie was just already riled up from everything with Silky that she was just so on edge that when Vanjie mentioned like She's like, oh, right, and you also said my name. Let me go after you with that, even though that was by far the more intense one, to the point of where (laughs) unfortunate bystander Brooklyn and Silky, the original instigator, had to step in between them to separate them. It was pretty crazy, but 
These fights had so many iconic lines, let alone images of Brooklyn Heights just doing so many Jim Halpert looks at the camera and getting caught on them once. Uh, I think I think it was Raja that called her out on them. But uh, when Silky says, you know, I'm not in the competition for your satisfaction, and Evie replies, not for the judges either. Ooh, yes, so, so many shady lines here. Like, I was living for it. You know, at the beginning when they say, girl, if you're not watching Untucked, you're not getting the full story. And, like, in past weeks, that has not been true. But this week, it was, you had to be here for Untucked, honey. And we haven't even talked about Plastique and Raja. Oh. And even in addition to that, you know, you mentioned before the, oh, Sasha Valor was safe every week in one. And Evie says, that's because Sasha Valor was talented. Uh, and I think that I think the most like quintessential Evie line, though, came from the fight during Vanji. Where Vanji's like, well, I-, I wanted to be cordial to you. And Evie just says, I don't want cordial. I want real. And I feel like that is here, both here. A representa- yeah, it's a representation of you, Brent and Evie at the same time. Yes, you, you give the Sasha Valor line, I think, was really was like one of my favorites. Because <laughs> one, rude Silky about Sasha Valor. <laughs> and then, but like no one ended up correcting that she had actually won two challenges. Um, so that was funny. Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing was insane. I definitely think, though, that uh, I like the rankings. <laughs> the fact that, um, you know, Vanjie definitely comes out looking the best. She was just this innocent bystander. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this Plastique and Raja thing. Because I don't think. We have ever seen so much drama around what is supposed to be warm-hearted emotions from a loved one's video. I think what the producers did was they saw Silky and Evie fighting. They said, all right, let's calm things down. Let's bring out a video of Plastique's boyfriend to sort of help everyone calm down and get into a warm, ooey-gooey place. And the exact opposite happened because I think all this comes from, unfortunately, Akira. Who, girl, I see you. Who, in my opinion, misinterpreted what Plastique's boyfriend says, goes to Raja before Plastique's boyfriend like finishes a sentence, being like, "Oh yeah, and I'd be it'd be great if you talked about like how you got brought up because that was really difficult." And so Raja and I, I personally subscribe to the opinion that, of course, the way that Raja approached this was uncalled for, especially in such a, a heartwarming moment, and to couple such, you know, uh, a, a conflict with what's supposed to be such a great message is horrible. At the same time, I think when Roger made this statement about how, you know, you got love three times this week, and I didn't get it when I feel like I needed it the most, I think that says the most about the way she was coming from. And actually, I think Plastique saw it the same way. That's why to Brooklyn's incredulity, she ends up apologizing to Raja. She actually posted about this on uh, on Insta, uh, yeah, on her Insta story, I believe. She says, Many were confused by my reaction in Untucked. I think it's because I've experienced too self-rejection and self-shame. Therefore, I empathize with Raja. Instead of defending myself, when I looked into her eyes, I could understand that her reaction wasn't truly about me at all. It was something internal. Instead of kicking her when she's down, I wanted to give comfort because there's been times where there was no one there to comfort me. First, I want to say that is... Uh, me at 23 would not be nearly as mature as Plastic Terrace, so I give her commendations for that, but I completely agree with Plastic. I think that it's unfortunate that everything was directed at her, but I think the more you look at Raja's situation and where she's coming from, the more you realize it's not about her whatsoever, which makes things both better and worse. Well, I also think that, Liana, that it takes two to tango in a fight. And I do feel like that once this fight started to get going, uh, once it got going and Raja realized that Plastique was not going to fight with her, that Plastique is just like, oh, well, basically Plastique was Oprah. 
Okay, like, so Silky is an Oprah this week. Plastique is Oprah. Plastique is like, oh, yes, well, that's terrible. And let me give you a hug. And I love you. I want you to know that you are appreciated. And I apologize to you. Once Raja realized there's no way I'm going to come out looking good out of this, then I do feel like she backed down a little bit. Like, she, because she started to say something, she's like, well, but I don't really want to talk about that. Like, I heard that your family, like, things aren't the way they were back home, the way you said they were, but we don't want to talk about that. Like, I, I don't want to bring that up. And then, look, I, I do have have to also call out Akira. Akira going back to Raja saying, well, apparently like that her boyfriend says that her family's fine and dandy at home and then so she starts to walk away, but then when Akira sees that Raja is going up to Plastique, Akira's like, unless I heard wrong. <laughs> well, to, and, and, to, and to like, to clarify things, the direct quote that Tommy, Plastique's boyfriend, says is, I know that your family will be so proud of you as well. I know that in the beginning, which I think is like where Akira's mind goes off, like, wait a minute, is she lying about what she told Rue? And Tommy says, I know that in the beginning they had their misconceptions about what drag is and about you doing drag. And I think that at this point, Akira is gone. Tommy says, but I'm sure once you're able to show who Plastique is, they will fall in love with you as much as everyone else. So, Liana, second only to Shakespeare, have we seen such a misunderstanding cause so much drama? It is very Shakespearean, not Shakespearean. Um, okay, so I have a few things. One, Akira with her whole just like, oh yeah, okay, but I'm going to practice my lip sync when I lip sync against you. Uh, go off and fight with this bitch so you're not practicing. That's like in my mind what I wish had happened or was her point, even though I know that that's not the case. Um, she was just trying to like gossip with her friend, you know, and then yeah, when Raja like starts going over there, she's like, ah, shit. Like, <laughs> but I might have heard wrong. Um, um, unless I heard, unless lovely. I heard wrong, <laughs> maybe. Just I don't know. Maybe I heard wrong. Um, that was so funny. The other thing that I really loved about this was, yeah, when Raja goes over there and he's like, "Well, you know, something, something about your family," but I don't want to get into it. And then <laughs> she always does like, that. Sugar Kid was like, "But you brought it up." You brought it up. And, but, but then Raja looks over at her, glares, and clears her throat and moves on. Again, it's so freaking cartoony. Oh, it was so good. I mean, this was definitely a case of like Raja's own issues and lashing out and her own insecurity. So total props to Plastique for, you know, recognizing that and then being willing to comfort her. But I was totally, again, Brooke, uh, the face, I think, of a lot of the audience this week, just being like, what the hell is going on? Uh, that was really good. This is the fight I think I liked the best. Yeah. Can we just bottle our feelings up like normal people? I think might be. Yes. If they titled the episodes like Survivor episodes where they took a quote. That should have been the title of this episode. Yes, yeah. that's I love that. Oh, boy. Well, let, let's send off Raja a little bit here, because what I will say is while and this might be weird to say, while I feel like Raja O'Hara is made for reality TV, I don't think she's made for RuPaul's Drag Race. And I think <laughs> she realizes that. I, I think that she I think she's proven she's a hell of a performer. There's a reason why she survived a good amount of lip syncs is because I would love to see her perform live. She can turn it out on the stage, but it just wasn't working in these challenges, really, across the board. And I think, unfortunately, if we talked about last week, you know, Scarlett going out with her head held high, I just think due to the unfortunate circumstances coupled with the edit, I can't really say the same thing about Raja. And I am really intrigued if we might get a season nine situation at the reunion where it really does seem like Raja is doing a lot of niceties to the queen's face with the exception of the plastic stuff and doing a little bit of shit talking in the confessionals. I wonder if a few weeks from now, if that's going to come to a head at the reunion, once all the queens are seeing what she's talking about behind their backs. 
I have to believe so. I have to believe it's good. I have, I've looked at her Twitter and she hasn't really addressed it. Like, I'm like, people like Plastique, Brooke, even Vanjie, even Evie, like they've addressed stuff on social media, but Raja hasn't really said anything. I even responded to her and like, girl, I want to root for you. Like, you're, you're somebody who I want to like. You're so funny. You're, you got, you're outspoken. You want to say shit. You want to stir the pot, but you can't own your shit. I think the obituary of RuPaul's, of RuPaul's Drag Race for Raja O'Hara is that she never once owned her shit. Everything is always somebody else's fault. Last week it was Scarlet and how she's not in the right spot. So she's making Raja look bad. This week it was, oh, well, Plastic took the bark. And so I couldn't finish my outfit, even though Plastic is saying that I gave you the bark back. And so it's always somebody else's fault. She can never own her own shit. And that is the thing that drives me freaking crazy. Own your shit, girl. And she won't do it. Uh, yeah, I I think with Raja, the whole just to go back to the bark thing real quick, because you brought it up. It was like, clearly, I knew that Raja was not in the right with the stolen materials because she would have made such a bigger deal out of it. Like the fact that she's yes. like, oh, I'm going to be the bigger person. I was like, oh, OK, so then it's not so a problem. You got it back. And like, yeah, you're just yeah. So you got it back and it wasn't an issue. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's she's an interesting queen. I think having her gone now, though, you know, she was the one who was in the bottom perpetually, it felt. Um, and so now it opened up for some new queens to be in the bottom. <laughs> That's true, actually. I mean, again, I said she was one of the constants. She was in the bottom four out of seven episodes, which must be a record for the first half of RuPaul's Drag Race. It did give us an ability to at least see her do well in the competition, at least from a, um, a lip-sync perspective, and at least give us more of an opportunity for those fantastically entertaining confessionals. But yes, I, I agree that if we're talking about on the note of this comp of this challenge, separating the wheat from the chaff, I unfortunately feel like Raja was probably the chaffiest of them all that's left. And even though I think we've all carved out our own top four, there is still room to surprise us, especially next week, the snatch game at sea. I am happy they're deviating a bit from the formula, working off of the All Stars four format. I don't know exactly what a nautical version of snatch game is, I have but no idea. No, no idea. Is it like the love boat? What the hell is going on? We shall see. But I guess at the forefront, looking at it on paper, not a paper dress, Liana. Who do you think is poised to do well and maybe not so well given the snatch game? Well, the first person that pops to mind doing well is Nina, um, but I'm also like a little nervous for her because it's like, oh my gosh, what if she has the pressure to do well and then, you know, she doesn't do like as well as they hope. Um, I think someone like Brooke is potentially going to struggle uh, in this challenge. Plasti, I don't know. Plasti could be the one, though, that like picks the character. Like, uh, it gives me a little bit of like Valentina vibes. Like, she knows what character to pick and it's not like amazing, but she can at least be safe. That's, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very nervous for Brooklyn. I don't think she would necessarily go home because I do think she will be in the top four. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I agree that I think Nina West, at least on paper, has a chance to do really well. The, the list could be another like Miss Cracker situation where they end up really getting in their head about the expectations. But I really do feel like Nina's corniness is perfectly set up for something like Snatch Game, and that can both work for and against her. On another <laughs> candidate for someone who might not be able to do well, maybe the Vanjie being Vanjie of it all might not translate to Snatch Game. Because that's, you know, th that is something that's really come up. This is her first time doing it. We know that someone like Cynthia Lee Fontaine, who was a really lovable personality, sort of came to pieces during Snatch Game. I'll be very intrigued to see who Vanjie does 
But that coupled with if there's another suspect outfit choice, I don't know if that'll send her home, but it might not do well for her, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think she'll go home on her first lip sync, but I do think that she will go home in the next few episodes. Uh, I, I actually have complete faith in Nina West. I think she's been pre- preparing for Snatch Game for the past eight years. She knows exactly <laughs> what she's going to do. I also have faith in Evie Oddly. I, I'm, I'm so psyched to see this. I think the people who are in the most in danger are probably Brooklyn, Sugar. Uh, maybe even, I don't know, I actually, I don't, I don't think Akira will be in the bottom, because I do think she'll, she'll probably end up safe, or maybe even top, uh, where she'll look put herself well. She's not gonna end up in the bottom twice. No, she's, she's also, she's been doing really well at these performance challenges, to the point where she won a dancing challenge, despite the fact that she doesn't really dance. I think she's gonna handle it very professionally and very well, but we'll see exactly what that holds, you know, who sinks and who floats here on Snatch Game at Sea next week if you have any thoughts about this week of drag race including all the untucked drama and you want to let us know you can always reach out to us on twitter brent is at one lucky gay spelled o-n-e liana is at liana boris l-i-a-n-a b-o-r-a-a-s i am at a mike bloom type you can check out all the stuff we're doing out there other tv show wide between big brother canada survivor the amazing race star trek it's all out there on our various social media platforms we are pimping it out uh, with no shame whatsoever. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm really excited to get into the back half, back half of this season (laughs) as we break down the Snatch Game at Sea and whatever is to come. I'm sure there will be a lot of drama no matter what and that always brings excitement. Thank you all so much for listening. You may sashay away. Bye! At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.